never sleep again. Anyway, greetings, greetings, greetings. Welcome. You're listening to Stamper Cinema. As always, I am your host. My name is Andrew. Thank you very much for downloading this episode. As always, I am extremely appreciative. But this week, I've got something really, really special in store for you. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be interviewing several different people about the movies that scared us, or rather the movies that scarred us. So we're going to be talking about different films that have had a lasting impression in our lives, whether for good or for bad, mostly for mostly for bad. Uh, some of these stories that we're going to be hearing are are incredible. So thank you very much to everybody who uh, reached out to me and were willing to go on record and share uh, some of these stories. So before we begin, I guess I will take a, a brief turn to uh, share a couple films that that scared the heck out of me. I won't really get into many of the stories because what's funny is a lot of the people that we're going to be talking about share a lot of uh, things that, uh, that that terrified me as a child, right? But if I were just to run through a couple things, we just heard the, the Freddie song. That was something that scared me specifically. Probably the first time I was really truly terrified was when I saw Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddie's Revenge, and uh, terrified me, absolutely terrified me. And around the same time, maybe a year or two later, I saw a little movie called The Lady in White, which is a fun kind of like nostalgic film. It takes place in like maybe the 50s or 60s. And it focuses on a kid who gets like trapped in a cloakroom and he he sees a, basically a little girl get choked to death and, and it's terrifying. But what really scared me in that movie was this song that is used in the film and it's this old song by Bing Crosby. I'm not really going to say anything yet. Cause if you know, you know, if you know, you know, and if you don't know, don't worry because just listen all the way to the end of this podcast. And uh, we're going to go out on that song. So something real, real special for you. Number three, what else really terrified me? Um, oh man. Uh, there was a movie. Well, you know what? I'm not going to say, you know what, that's it. You, you just got the, that little teaser right there because what we're about to hear, you're going to hear some things that are very, very similar to uh, what scared me. So with that being said, on with the show. Our first guest is actually somebody that knows me quite well. Somebody that probably I can say, yeah, I, yeah, no, she's known me my entire life. And that would be my mother. Please welcome the amazing Donna Marie Armstrong. I call her mom. You can call her Donna. Hi, mom. Hello. How are you? Well, I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. This is fun. I've I've never had the opportunity to chat with you in this forum. So how's everything? How's everything else going? What are you doing? Where are you? I am in Naples, Florida, which is a, a little piece of heaven in the United States, although you don't agree with me. <laughs> well, that's OK. What, what's the weather like today? Beautiful, sunny. Um, this morning, it's starting to get cooler. So it was in the 60s this morning, went up into the high 80s. But the, the great weather is just around the corner. 
I love it. Yep. So mom, what I'm doing with this particular episode is I'm reaching out to those, some that maybe enjoy horror films, maybe others that don't enjoy horror films. But what I'm really looking for are kind of like moments that maybe left a lasting imprint, you know, whether it scarred you or just like the, the first real fear factor moment that you can recall. So we're going to be chat, chatting about a couple things. It's just going to be, you know, just a few minutes of your time. I'm not going to be, you know, uh, even though I'm all of your time, I know it's like happy hour right now. So time is precious. I right do now. have my margarita handy. <laughs> okay. So the first thing we, what we're going to do before we get into the movie itself is I'm going to put you on the hot seat. I'm going to ask you five questions and it's kind of just like a instant response, right? Are you ready? Yes, I am ready. All right. Question number one, pizza or tacos? Oh, pizza. Pizza. Jurassic Park or Jaws? Well, that's tough for two reasons. I'm sorry. I've got to answer this. Jurassic Park was the first uh, movie to do the visual realization. But Jaws was the first Steven Spielberg scary movie. So Mm -hmm. I guess it's Jaws. Jaws, okay. No, there, there is no wrong answer until you get to this question. Question number three. <laughs> yes. Coffee or alcohol? Ooh. <laughs> Jeez, that's not fair. Although your lovely wife gave me a tea towel that says coffee in the morning and wine in the evening, my two beverages of choice. <laughs> Um, I think I'm going to have to still, uh, alcohol, alcohol. All right. Question number four, Christmas or Halloween, 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 Halloween. And lastly, what is my final question? I can't remember. I've been asking these, but I get, I get little, let's see, do, do, do. Oh, well, I know the answer to this one, but the, the audience will want to know iPhone or Android. (laughs) Android, of course. Android. And that's only yes. because Android is very close to Andrew, right? I mean, that's that's what it yes. comes down to. Yes, it is. That's that's why I went with it. Exactly. Android, I get it. Yeah, and exactly. And now that I've got you on record, and you don't have to admit, but this, you know, this is for my for the for the listeners. I am my mother's favorite. So <laughs> I've got two older sisters. And of course, you know, she went with the phone that sounds like my name, right? I mean, she could have went with I don't know. I would never have gone with anything. Mm, no, I couldn't. <laughs> I, I just, I started with a bag phone and from the bag phone, I went with T-Mobile and I just got an Android. There's At nothing wrong with that. There's no, it, like, you know. It's not a flip phone, the original flip phones, okay? And those are coming back. Like I Razor is coming, or, like, or not, maybe not Razor, but somebody's doing like flip phones, you get like a flip yeah, smartphone. I, know. I don't want a flip phone. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for indulging our listeners with that, with, with those five questions. We are now going to transition into why you're here. Okay. So what I'm doing with this podcast is I'm interviewing different people on movies that startled them. Right. So kind of introduce that. So what movie, if you can recall, what is the first movie that scared you or created like a lasting impression? Well, it, 
it definitely created a lasting impression. I think there were a few other movies that scared me as a child, but the one that scared me the most and left an impression was Village of the Damned and the original one with uh, that was made in England. Um, was that like the 19, like 1960? Uh, it, if it came out in 1960, yes, it, it had, uh, the English actor, which I can't remember his name right now was the father of the little boy. Um, but uh, George Sanders, George Sanders. Yes. He was, he was an amazing actor, did a lot of good movies back in the day. Um, but those little blonde-haired kids with the glowing eyes, I was terrified of them. Mm. Back in the baby boomer generation, one of the things parents used to do on a Saturday was drop their kids off at a movie theater and leave them for a few hours. So, you know, there would be candy and things flying all over the theater. And back then they'd have ushers coming down to tell us to sit down and be quiet and stuff. And I was with my older brother. And I remember I wanted to leave the theater. I was so scared. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the I remember telling my mother when she came to pick me up, the kids are going to get me. The kids are going to get me. And she had no clue. Because you know, <laughs> it, was, it was a kid, you know, drop the kids off. You had no idea. They didn't have ratings back then. But yeah, it really scared me. One of the interesting things, and I'm just segueing into this because I thought about it earlier. My generation had all those wonderful, scary movies of the 50s and 60s because of the atomic age. We had giant ants. We had tarantulas. We had um, the blob. The Well, the blob. Yeah, all of that. It was a great time for scary movies. You had Mothra. You had God, the original Godzilla and all. But they they were fun and they were a little scary, but they they didn't scare me like like these kids with the, the glowing eyes. Mm. So that, that that definitely left an impression. There was also one other, which I can't remember the name of, came on TV and this spaceship landed in the backyard of some kid's house and he saw it. And he tried to tell his parents and they went out and they got sucked under and they got a needle stuck in the back of their neck. I cannot remember the name of this movie. That was another one that really scared me. I was afraid that some alien was going to come and stick a needle in the back of my neck and I wouldn't be me anymore. That does sound terrifying. Now, you would have I imagine you saw this uh, Village of the Dam, that is. Yes. In the theater, so roughly like 1960, so assuming like six, seven, eight years old at the time. Where yeah. were you living uh, at that time? I, okay, I was seven. I would say I was seven years old, and I was living on Long Island in New York. And I was living in a town called Smithtown, which was a smaller suburb outside the city of New York. And it was, at that point, still small-time America. Uh, we had dairy farms around us and lots of green pastures which are no longer there but uh yeah that's where i was living did you actually have like a milkman that would come by and drop off milk or was that before your time no we had a milkman that came by and 
you want me to segue and tell me tell you how I scared the milkman? No, I would love to hear that. Okay. I was a little girl and I love to catch toads. And to me, the best place to keep toads once you caught them was in the box on the front porch that the milkman would put the milk in. (laughs) So I would put my doll furniture in there, make a nice little house for my toads, keep it cracked open so they could breathe. But then the next morning when the milkman came, (laughs) there'd be furniture and toads in the the box. And uh, my mother did tell me from time to time not to put my toads in the milk box, but it just seemed like the right place for them. Now, where would you catch the toads? Oh, God. Yeah. Um, all over the place. There, there was just lots of toads around where I lived. I don't know. I just go out and there they'd be. So, now, were, were they like. Like, I mean, and granted, who knows? Um, they seemed enormous when I was a child, but like, were they like massive toads, like the ones that we had in Bermuda? No, no, no. These things were small. They could just fit in the palm of your hand. They had, and they weren't frogs. They were toads. They had the sort of the rough skin to them, mm-hmm. but I just loved them. I, I don't know why. I still love toads. I, uh, I, it, it, it was a thing. It's still a thing. I love little reptiles, little lizards, little toads, things like that. I can pick them up and put them outside if they're in the house. But the big toads we had in Bermuda, oh, sweet God. <laughs> they scared the daylights out of me the first <laughs> time I saw one. I didn't re- realize a toad could get that big. Yeah. And of course, if you hit it with your moped, that was not <laughs> a good thing. No, they just splat. <laughs> thunk, thunk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, Village of the Dam was a movie that, that scared the hell out of you when you were a child. Were there any movies like in your adulthood that that have scarred you or had left like a lasting impression upon you? Well, this is this is my my thought on that is I loved a good, scary movie. There's to me, there's nothing like a really good, scary movie. But I don't like slasher movies. I am just a lot of blood and gore. And the first time I saw Halloween, that scared me. The first time I saw Carrie, that scared me. The one that really scared me was Candyman, which you know that I was staying at your sister's house and couldn't sleep. So it was like two in the morning and this movie Candyman came on. Well, I watched that. And to this day, I will not say Candyman three times in a mirror. Yeah, no, I still have not said Candyman in the mirror. No, I, I just, no, no, you don't, you don't mess with that. Don't mess no, with it. You don't tempt fate. No. So, but I mean, that's I a good one. That scared you as a kid. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't think I've ever been scared by a film. Okay. Well, the first one, the very first <laughs> one comes to mind. The very first one was the pink elephants in the, um, I believe it was the Winnie the Pooh movie or the Dumbo movie. Yeah, the heffalumps and woozles. Heffalumps and woozles. You did not like heffalumps and woozles. No, 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 I I most certainly did not. Elliot, I introduced Elliot to Winnie the Pooh earlier last year and that part of the, the film came on and there was just like a moment like, Oh shit! These are the apples and woozles. Um, 
<laughs> yeah. It's like the, it, you know, the, obviously the, the crazy colors, but the, like even the singing where they're literally telling you beware, beware, yeah. like, no, uh-uh. <laughs> at like three years old, don't, don't tell a three-year-old to beware. That's, that's, no. that's no, not good. Scared. You were scared. But now, I did love me some Winnie the Pooh. It's just not yeah, that part. Yeah. And yeah, my nickname for you was Pooh. Remember? Mm-hmm. Or boo-boo, whatever. Anyway, the next movie that I remember that scared you, but not just you, both your sisters. I remember the three of you sitting, watching Something Wicked This Way Comes. Oh, yes. Yes. And you were all sitting on the sofa and you wouldn't move. You just... All three of you, you could just see by the look on your face, you're going, you're all going, oh shit, this is scary. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Ray Bradbury. Uh, let's see who was in that. Jason Robards was in that. Pam Greer, Jonathan Price. Jonathan Price. Yeah, Jonathan Price. Yeah. Guy, right. Yeah, he was fantastic. That movie has become kind of like a, um, almost like a staple. I try to watch it like annually, you know, it's, it's just a really, really good. And it was like a TV movie. If I recall correctly, that like Disney did. And I didn't know. Um, I had it on back in the day when VCRs came out, it was a movie I got on VCR for you kids to watch. Maybe that's how, maybe that's just how I remember it. Yeah. Yeah, Just watching it on TV. Um, but yeah, that one's left a a lasting impression, but it's one that, that I enjoy. And I, I think, it might be one of these reasons that I'm also kind of like a sucker for, you know, like films with nostalgia or movies with like that take place in like town squares, just mm-hmm. because you know the, that that whole that whole idea of like the 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 so-called like good old days, right? And it, it's a story of these two kids, and this carnival comes to town, and then you find out that this carnival is up to no good. It you know, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of really interesting themes that they tackle in that movie, and I completely had forgotten about about that it, it scared the shit out of me as a kid but that's a good one that's a you know yes, thank you for bringing that one up and then the last one well the last one that i i want to talk about with you was when you were all of seven or eight years old you insisted that you could see um I believe it was Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. uh, you were going over at a friend's house and you insisted that it would be fine. And they lived right next door to me, us. So you went over there and you were gone a total of 15, maybe 20 minutes. And you came back home and said, I think I'll stay here, Mom. <laughs> I can I confirm don't know that. How yes. far you got into the movie, but it couldn't have been much. Because mm-hmm. to be quite honest, I have never seen a nightmare on Elm Street movie. I have no desire to because it's a slasher movie and I, I just don't enjoy them. Right. No, it wasn't too far into the film. It was just beyond the opening credits when there was a scene on a bus and this bus basically kind of like goes over kind of like over a cliff that like Freddie is somehow like the bus driver. And, you know, I would have ridden the bus to school. So like seeing <laughs> this crazy guy, you know, like with a maniacal laugh, like taking like the, these kids off, like over a cliff on a bus. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't ready for that. Definitely no, not. But, but I did come back. I did come back and I conquered that film. 
Yes. Well, good. I'm glad it just <laughs> said I haven't seen it. Um, I haven't seen all the extra Halloween movies. I did see the latest one with Jamie Lee Curtis, basically for nostalgia reasons. Um, and I did watch the original Halloween again and realize now that it's quite lame compared to what I thought it was when I first saw it. Oh, I love, um, I love that original Halloween. I think it holds up very well but oh, I, compared to what maybe you thought it would have been. Sure. 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 I mean, but well, the storytelling, yeah. Pardon me. Yeah. I was going to just quickly say I had read Stephen King's book, Carrie in a rainy afternoon before you were born. So when the movie came out, I was quite excited to see it. And, um, yeah, I wanted to leave in the middle of that. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, no, I'm not enjoying this. Sometimes reading it is so much better than actually visualizing it. And uh, sure. It, what, what was it? Because, I mean, it doesn't really necessarily get scary until later. Was it like, who was it? The mother Piper Laurie? Was it just like Piper her? Laurie was the mother. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't so much. I guess part of it was how bad they treated Carrie and stuff. Mm. But that last scene, that very last scene where um, oh, the ex Mrs. Steven Spielberg, I can see her, but I can't think of her name. She goes to the cemetery where uh, Carrie. Oh, the, like the final in. shot. The final shot when the hand comes out of the. Yeah, I was like, whoa. I was didn't see that coming. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that scared me. Well, I love that, Mom. Thank you. Thank you very much for sharing uh, some of these stories. It's been it's fun chatting with you. Thank you for asking me, and uh, you doing an excellent job on the podcasts. I enjoy listening to them. Well, of course, thank I'm you. your mother, and I'm biased, but <laughs> I think you do a good job. I also think that you would be like the my most harsh critic that I would have anyway. So. So if I was really bad, you would you would you would tell me how I could be better. No, not me. <laughs> All right, mom. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you. And, for having uh, me. Cheers. Enjoy your margarita. I'm going to have a I'm going to have a little something myself. There you go. Have a good uh, evening. kiddo. You too, mom. I love you. Love you, too. Bye bye. Bye. Our next guest, I am joined by a friend of mine who I met. I don't know, five, six, seven years or so ago, back when I lived in Austin and he was in town visiting a mutual friend. And please welcome Mr. Adam Bogues. How's it going, man? How are you? Good to see you, Andrew. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, yeah, I think that was South by Southwest. Uh, we yeah. were down there just hanging out, um, got to know you and just like fell in love with like our mutual love of movies. And so glad to saw you doing the podcast. And so I was really excited to hop on. Awesome. Well, thank you. I really do appreciate it. Now, if memory serves, you're living in kind of the like the Indianapolis area. Yeah. Yep. So we just moved downtown Indianapolis. Um, I work downtown um, as a public school teacher, teach mi uh, middle school now, middle school science. Well, first off, that's pretty freaking awesome. But secondly, what's that like now as an adult, like teaching middle school kids? So basically, I get to be the biggest cartoon character that I want up there. Um, and the more ridiculous I am, the more engaged the kids are, which is really great. 
Um, it's been a bit of a mess these past couple of years with COVID and everything. Um, so we're all in person masked up and trying to get through all the deficits that ha- are there. And so that's a lot of fun and very challenging, but also extremely frustrating at times. But um, I'm excited to be there and be a part of that. Was teaching something that you always wanted to do? Um, actually not. I think when we met, I was still planning on being a doctor. Um, that mm. was what my uh, path was going to be. And then I started saying for the MCAT and I was like, nope, this is not for me. I don't feel like uh, doing this for four more years. Um, found a presentation, uh, heard a presentation about teaching and was like, oh, I could totally do that. And then jumped right in, uh, did Teach for America. And that was a great opportunity. Um, super difficult. Everyone's like, oh, of course I could teach. Then you find out it's one of the hardest things that you could do. And so finally got into a very good place um, after this is my fifth year teaching. So that's awesome, man. Really uh, every moment. That, that's incredible. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I mean, I did when I was in grad school, one of the things that you have to do is you do teaching. So I taught screenwriting for a year when I was in grad school, but that was a whole lot easier, even though you're teaching college kids, but I mean, that's easier, you know, than I can imagine than creating actual content for people whose lives were really trying to shape as opposed to minds of people that are already in college and have a little bit more comprehension of what it is that you're talking about. So that's awesome, man. I'm, 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 I'm really impressed. That, that's cool. And you said for five years, so pretty I really appreciate that. Hell yeah, man. So one other thing that we're doing before we start talking about your movie, we know that you live in Indianapolis. We know that you're a teacher, but I got five burning questions for you. We gotta, we gotta know, and it's real simple. I'm going to give you two options and you're going to pick one or the other. Don't think too deep, but just so you know, everybody will be judging you based on your responses. All right. I'm ready. All right, here we go. Pizza or tacos? Tacos. I could eat tacos for every meal of the day. Um, I know you're a Frito pie man yourself. Um, That was was your love. Um, So that is basically a walking taco. And so tacos in any shape and form. I love it. I love it. Uh, Question number two, Christmas or Halloween? It's a tough one. Um, I've actually been building up my Christmas movie collection. And so because of that, I'm going to say Christmas. Okay. Very respectable. What is the next one I've got? Alcohol or coffee? Actually, neither. Um, so don't, don't do alcohol anymore. Uh, never. I, my, there's a quote from uh, Ted Lasso that really speaks to me that I was, um, I was born caffeinated. Um, yeah. I think that's what Danny Rojas says. And so yeah. that really lives with me. I can't do any caffeine at all. So. That's interesting. I can't do caffeine either. I I've been off of caffeine for I don't know fifteen some odd years. Yeah, I, I just can't. I'm I'm naturally caffeinated in that in that exactly. same respect. Yeah. I just like I just go go go. Especially with like teaching, you think like you need like a little boost. My wife like loves coffee. I'm can't do it at all. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you it on that. Bad. Don't need it. Uh, question number four: iPhone or Android? iPhone, hundred percent, hundred percent. And lastly, I've got Jaws or Jurassic Park. I want to say Jurassic Park. Uh, dinosaurs were a big part of my life growing up. And so I think that's um, the best part there. Awesome. Perfect. And I think with that, that'll become a natural segue for what we're going to be talking about now. For this episode, what we're doing is we're speaking with people over 
essentially movie like scary films or even if it's a childhood movie that essentially has kind of scarred us for life or at least la- like created a lasting impression and whether it's a good movie or it's a bad movie and we were chatting and you had just an absolute doozy of a film and I was just wondering if you can take me a little bit one what's the movie and two specifically what about this movie has kind of stuck with you yeah totally if i could set the scene for you a little bit please so i am maybe at, at the oldest three years old i did not choose this movie i stumbled like into the living room and this is like one of my touchstone memories from when i was a young child and jaws the revenge is playing i don't know if the, the tv was just left on no one else was in there and i just like walked in the living room and jaws the revenge was playing the movie had just started um so it's opening scene I, I've never seen Jaws, never seen anything um, resembling a, a horror movie at this point. I'm three years old. So my life was living with Bambi and like classic Disney movies at this point. <laughs> and all I see is this dude in his truck. It's Christmas time. There's Christmas lights everywhere. And that's like all I know. And then I see like this guy get on a boat. And so everyone knows that this is where things are about to go bad because they know Jaws when you're on a boat, nothing is safe. I guess he's like a cop. I was rewatching rewatching the scene recently because I I remember the scene is like ten minutes long, like it was like this long drown, drawn out like murder by the shark. I rewatched it recently and it's like maybe three minutes, not even. <laughs> but this was like terrifying in my memory that it lasted this long. So this cop sees this debris or something, goes to clear it, gets his arm ripped clean off, like just and it's gone. And he just like straight overacting, like terrible 90s horror movie. And he's just like, doesn't even realize his arm's gone. He's like gas- grasping for where it still is. And, and all I remember is just like blood everywhere. And I was right. There's just like blood all over him. There's like this bloody stump. Nowadays, I like looked at him like, oh, his arm is clearly still under his jacket. But at the time, I'm like, <laughs> his arm is gone. Like someone can lose a limb. This is this, this is possible. What is happening here? And then, so then he's like screaming, screaming for help. In the background, there's Christmas carols. I think we were talking and it, you said it's, it's the, the Noel song is playing. Is that what it is? That's, yeah, um, that's exactly, so exactly correct. Yeah, you hear this Noel song and it's just like, I'm like, why are they cutting to this like children's choir? Can these people hear him? Are they, Why are they not helping him? He's like yelling for help. And I'm just like, what is happening? What, why is it, what is going on? And then the shark just like continues to go at him. And so this is the the thing that I thought was like super drawn out. No, it's like five seconds hits the boat. He goes flying or something, or like maybe he's like in the, in the shark's mouth. We're unsure. And he ends up in the water. And then as we know from there, once you're in the water, you're done, you're done for. And so he starts bobbing up and down doing the classic like shark attack scene, not nearly as well as any of the other Jaws movies. <laughs> like he's not a hot naked girl in the, in the opening scene of Jaws where we haven't seen the shark yet. He's not anything close. And so he's screaming, gets put underwater, cuts back to the children's choir. And I'm just like, all right, this is terrifying. I'm white as a ghost. It cuts to the scene where they are like identifying the body. And I I remember them showing the body. That's how I remember it in my mind. Like, I don't know if I just right. pictured his like decrepit, de- deformed body just there in the years past. But then like, they don't show anything. The mom shows up, identifies the body and I'm white as a ghost. My dad walks in and he's like, 
why are you watching this? Who lets you watch this? And I was like, it, it was on the TV. And I'm just like, so white, like, and I'm incredibly pale as is I have red hair. And so like, I'm paler than even like, I even believed possible. And so <laughs> the fact that this movie has stayed with me for so long is incredible. That brings me so much, so much joy, not for your fear, but because of the fact that I essentially share the same exact memories. Now I was a little bit older and I had seen for whatever reason, I don't know why, but I had seen the original Jaws and the second Jaws and maybe even the third Jaws at that point. And I kind of grew up with the, with the Brody family and when, which is the, the main family and all the, the, the Jaws films. And when Jaws four comes around and the baby, the baby Brody of the family, little Sean Brody, who's grown up and now he's become a cop like his dad to have him have such a like unceremonious ending. And it was, it was brutal and gnarly and it's completely juxtaposed with the freaking like first Noel, the Christmas Carol. I, to this day, cannot hear the first Noel without thinking of Jaws four. And if I do hear that song, I immediately have to turn it off or leave the room. I mean, it, it, it's, it's scarring no, me for life. Like I've for somehow blocked out that there was even a song playing. I just remember them cutting to like little kids. And I was like, these little kids are just happy. And then there's just this man dying. And I'm like, but now anytime I hear this first Noel, I'm terrified of what my thoughts are going to be. I'm mostly over my shark fear at this point. Mostly right. I've since watched like the Jaws movies and I very much appreciate them. Um, but it is just ingrained in me at this point. I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I'm sorry that you've, you've, you've had to endure that. I'm happy that you've revisited the film and also can appreciate. It's not a good film. They're not, oh, not it's not course. a good movie, completely overacting as you, as you said a moment ago. The fact that Michael Caine is in this movie, he's like a main part of that movie is just yeah. A, a blister on his record, in my opinion. Um, but it just like it's more ridiculous as the movie goes on. Oh, 100%. I don't know if you ever heard his quote about the movie, but for the audience, I'm going to share it. When asked if he had ever seen it, his reply was, I have never seen it, but by all accounts, it is terrible. However, I have seen the house that it built, and it is terrific. So he, he made a lot of money for this movie of and the course, movie is shit, absolutely. but the house that built that, uh, that he was able to get as a result of that film, he loves it. So just a classic kind of like Michael Keane, a little separate self-deprecation, but also a little like humble brag too. I mean, how can you not love Michael Caine? I mean, I was like just excited, like, cause I, I did not see the ending of that movie. I didn't see the whole movie until obviously years later, I was three years old, scarred for life. Um, and so just kind of like block that out. And then I remember it was on cable one summer cause they were doing like a whole jaws marathon. And so I watched all the jaws movies and I'm like, this was that, that was that movie. Cause I didn't even put it together like what this was. Mm -hmm. And then I, all of a sudden Michael Caine shows up and I'm like, the fact that they even like order the jaws of, on of one through four on cable is doing everybody a disservice. In yeah. fact, because it's not even close to the best one. I mean, yeah. if, ranking them i'm doing one three two and four and yeah, four is I'm, just awful yeah totally agree now i don't know if you know this but 
the the jaws on cable is not or rather the jaws the revenge or jaws 4 for those that aren't aren't uh, familiar with what we're talking about but jaws the revenge is the fourth and final jaws film there are two different versions of it there's the one that you see on cable and then there's a one if you watch it i don't know if it's on if, it, if it's available on dvd or blu-ray but certainly the the jaws on vhs completely different ending completely different ending the, no way yeah 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 so the on the the vhs mario van peebles is in this movie and on the vhs he plays his character i think jake maybe jack i think it's jake maybe it's jack i can't remember but he dies he dies on the vhs version but if you watch it on like hbo or anytime it's on television he lives at the end uh, yeah. and so they just completely it's a completely different film because when that movie was released in the theater and then VHS, people were like, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. The ending is a little bit different. And so they, they re, they re, or rather, I think when they, they filmed it, like a test audience really poor and they refilmed it. And during the refilming, it actually coincided when the Oscars happened and Michael Caine was back down in the Bahamas filming like the ending scene. So he, he wasn't able to like accept an Oscar that he won for the movie. Like, I think it was Hannah and her sisters, but oh my God, the fact that even like this is impacting Michael Caine's career to this point. Yes. Where he's just like, he's an Oscar nominated a- actor at this point. Mm-hmm. It's just ridiculous. And then yeah. the fact that they're making him refilm, do reshoots down in the Bahamas. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's Jaws 4. Thank you for sharing this memory. This, uh, I, I love that. A lot of parallels, a lot of parallels that, that you experienced it. Um, and I love that you were, your introduction to Jaws was the, the worst of the bunch and you were three years old. That, that's perfect and poetic and yes, fantastic. I mean, <laughs> looking back, I probably wouldn't change it for the world because it just made the movie Jaws such a forbidden treasure to me like it was like something that i was like i was like oh jaws is on film oh i'm not watching that mm-hmm. um i would never even go close to that and then like one time I'm like i'm gonna watch jaws and like i was so afraid the entire time because like what's what's a midwestern kid know about sharks besides what i had seen in that jaws in jaws 4 and so it was like it may have even made that movie even better for me so Looking back, it's it's a good thing, I guess. But at the same time, um, I'm still afraid to go in the water too deep. And I probably will never go scuba diving in my life. But we'll... <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. All right. Um, well, Adam, thank you very much for sharing this story. I do. I, I really did enjoy this conversation. I want to throw out anytime you ever want to talk about this movie on a on a uh, really get down and dirty, or if you ever want to talk about any other movie please come back. I'd love to chat you know, about some more cinema with you. This was a lot of fun. So thank you for, for sharing a little 15 minutes out of, uh, out of something that terrified you as a kid. And I'm glad that you're, you've, you've recovered, but, um, but I'm with you. I, and I'm from Bermuda. I'm from the islands and yeah, I'm, I'm, and there have I don't know if there's ever been a shark attack in Bermuda, but damn, like I, I get a little leery if I'm a little deep whenever I, I go home. Like if I'm close, then I feel pretty good because I can see the bottom of the water. But like if I'm out deep, get very leery. I've never done scuba diving. I've done a lot of snorkeling, 
And that's fun. But scuba diving, no, couldn't do. Couldn't do. Well, I think if Jaws 4 has taught us anything, if one of your ancestors has ever killed a shark or had any interactions with a shark, that's when you really need to be worried. So I would just go through your family tree and look into that. <laughs> Even if you're in the Bahamas, apparently you are not safe from mm-hmm. a shark. Yeah, I love that element about Jaws the Revenge that they they made it personal that now the the, the because a tart uh, the shark had had tasted a little brody blood and now it's gonna go after all the brodies and yeah it's it's ridiculous it's it's perfect now i'm gonna have to go back and watch the movie again just so i can just be amazed by how terrible it was i think it like critically like if you were to go on rotten tomatoes i think it's like a three percent like audience wise it's like ten percent yeah it is it is not good it is overacted it's just a little gem little treasure from the 90s um when one of those movies you're like wow this movie got made and it had these people in it which is just ridiculous but mm-hmm. um definitely loved being on here um would love to come on anytime and talk about any number of movies hopefully a movie much better than jaws 4 um next time <laughs> and um love to hear your thoughts and share mine as well so thank you awesome. for having me. all right adam thank you very much thank you for sharing all right all right ladies and gentlemen and now our next guest Returning back to the show is Mr. Brad Fuller. How's it going, Brad? It's great. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing really, really well. Thank you. It is my favorite time of year. I love me some fall and maybe not down by you, but up here it's nice and chilly and leaves falling and it's uh, very nice. Very nice autumn weather. So the the leaves have already started to fall, like change colors and everything. Yeah, I think the low is like 46 tonight. It's got a nice, nice, nice chill. Yeah, it's great. Love it. Yeah, we haven't quite gotten there, but even our 80 degree weather, it doesn't feel nearly as oppressive. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like a pleasant, like the sun goes down, right. the temperature drops. It's very pleasant in the evening. Not as many mosquitoes, which is really, really great as well. But yeah, we're still probably another two to three weeks before we start to see the changing of leave cover oh, yeah, colors yeah. and everything. Like I remember that. Yeah, in which, Virginia, they just kind of withered up and fell off eventually. <laughs> they didn't really change color and it wasn't a beautiful fall scenery like it is up here in Ohio. Right. Yeah. Well, again, thank you very much for taking the time. This obviously our listeners have already heard you talk a little bit about Lord of the Rings. And tonight, obviously, we're going to be talking about. I didn't skip that episode. No, 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 yeah, no, no, no. That, I mean, come on. You know, you're not going to skip that. Um, but with this, what we're doing for this particular episode is we're just reliving moments from scary films that kind of had a an impact, whether a large or small, whether uh, a movie that ruined us for horror films forever, like we've already heard on this episode. So it's going to be, it's, it's going to be fun. I'm kind of curious to hear what, what you have to say, but before we do that, what I've been doing with other people is we're doing a little this or that just to get a vibe on who our guests are. So I've got five, five burning questions I've got because there's not gonna be a trivia tonight. You know, we're not doing a deep dive in the movie. Right. So we're doing a little, this or that to get a gauge of who our people are. So are you ready? Officially ready and unprepared completely. All right. Yes. All right. Here we go. Question number one, pizza or tacos. Ooh, that's, I feel like that's situational, but <clears throat> I'm going to, this or that I'm going tacos, 
tacos. Tacos, okay. tacos can be breakfast tacos. You can have dessert tacos. You can have ice cream tacos. You can have also, therefore, you could actually have three meals a day meals. plus some desserts yeah, with, with different with- tacos. Pizza, yeah, you can change the sauce and change it a little bit, but more diversity in the taco. I I love it. Great answer. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Okay. I did have an Android once, but I've stuck with iPhone uh, since I switched many years ago. I've had an iPhone. I switched it to iPhone 4. I currently am way behind and I only have an 8, but I've still stuck with the iPhone. Okay. Okay. Question number three, alcohol or coffee? Oh, alcohol all day. <laughs> I hate coffee. <clears throat> hate it. Do you, are you not a coffee person I, either? No, I, I don't want coffee flavored anything. I don't want chocolate covered beans. I don't want it in my ice cream. I don't want a coffee hint flavor on anything. No tiramisu. No, I'm with you. No, nothing. Blech. Ooh, I do like me. I do like me some tiramisu, but I'm with you on that. I remember th- there are a few things that I think about like being on the ship and one of one one of those is like being in the galley and just like the the insane like coffee like rush that people would go yeah. trying to get their coffee like in the morning maybe that's that part was of it because i had to make coffee for so many other people over the yeah. years but yeah it's it's <clears throat> i don't understand nope don't like it but yeah. as with beer it's an acquired taste i didn't want to acquire yeah no i'm with <clears throat> you and then well speaking of things i didn't want to acquire when i was on a ship smoking like i hate smoking but it was a great opportunity to not have to work oh yeah i still smoke too yeah that that was like the the number one reason you started smoking no one ever questions i'm gonna go take a smoke break you can't be like i'm gonna go relax for 10 minutes in you know in the in the recliner in in the lounge like exactly you can't take a non-smoking break but no one questions a smoking break yep Mm -hmm. that's one thing you learn early on in the military is if you want to take some breaks start smoking (laughs) (laughs) all right uh question number four jaws or jurassic park Ooh. um as a franchise i'm gonna go jurassic park as a singular movie i would pick jaws but jaws did not get better with the sequels where jurassic park had some pretty interesting sequels Two, not sure. so much three yeah had some cool parts Jurassic world's pretty good so i'm gonna go Jurassic park good answer good answer and then lastly very very topical but halloween or christmas mm, i love christmas but halloween hands down best time of year all favorite right holiday favorite decorations to put up favorite atmosphere and vibe and everything so while i do love christmas halloween is just awesome now do you decorate do you have like the the lighted external what do you what do you do for the house do i do, do not have anything lighted um i do have quite a bit of halloween decorations for the inside of the house um and some a few things for outside i have more Christmas than I have Halloween, but only by a little bit. Mm-hmm. Halloween is, I definitely have more fall on Halloween decorations than anything else. But I also don't control the decorating of the house. So I always say we should buy more and I always get, well, that's too expensive. We don't need to buy any more. We have enough. <laughs> I love it. 
Home Depot was selling those giant 10 foot skeletons. And my daughter's been begging me to get one. A bunch of people have them around here. Have you seen those? Mm-hmm. They're like $300. Yeah, have, oh, like yeah. yeah, those are amazing. I might have to get one of those. Yeah, we right now, not quite 10 feet. We are looking, we're really, really considering getting that Jack Skellington, like seven foot tall, like Nightmare Before Christmas, Jack Skellington. Nice. And where he sings and he looks very authentic and everything. And I think that's like 200 bucks or whatever. but. We're starting small. Our daughter is only three. So we're just incorporating tiny little ghosts. Is she going trick or treating? She is. She's going to be going as Cruella de Vil. Okay. Nice. Yeah. She, nice. she saw the new Disney Cruella film and is obsessed, obsessed with it. My kids are too old for that legally. They're not allowed to go trick or treating really because they're too old. But also, Ohio does this thing where they don't necessarily do trick or treat on Halloween. So unfortunately this year it's on Saturday because Sunday is a school night. Um, So yeah, I don't know. I don't like doing it on a non Halloween and they moved it. So, so early that even by the time you finish, it's still daylight, which I get for safety and stuff, but still. Yeah. It's not the same vibe. It used to be. No, no, no. And I totally get that. I I'm, I'm, it's weird because in many ways I'm like, whatever, you know, casual. But when it comes to Halloween, I'm very much am a purist. Halloween is October 31st. You should be doing it on October 31st. Right. And yeah, last year, but whatever, whatever. Last year I put some scary music on. I put flickering light bulbs on my outdoor lights and, you know, put some decorations on the porch. So I'll probably do all that again, hand out some candy, all that stuff. But I love it. Anyways. Yeah. All right, Brad. Are you ready? I brought you on for a specific reason to terrorize me. If I wake up screaming tonight, I'm blaming you. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly what I want. Awesome. I want <laughs> you to relive something that scared you. And you you gave me a movie and the movie's Hellraiser. So what do you have to share about Hellraiser? First of all, Everybody who's seen Hellraiser or the rest of the franchise in the last couple years is probably immediately like, really? <laughs> but so hold on. First of all, not Pinhead at all. I don't not, not even really going to talk about that. We're going to talk about him a little bit. But all right. So Ohio, um, this same Ohio, we still have drive-ins. Um, there are still several that are open and operating. And the one in particular that I seen Hellraiser at is also still open, is in my hometown, a little tiny town. And 1987, November-ish, you and I were eight years old, and my mother, who was, uh, my mom and dad were not married with my growing up, so we had lots of, uh, you know, different boyfriends here and there, so I, until I was old enough to stay home alone, had to tag along, and they wanted to go to the drive-in to see Hellraiser, so me, at age eight, you know, in the back seat, my mom just told me many, many times, just lay down and go to sleep. Oh no. Number one, you know, it plays over the car speakers. So even if I'm laying down trying to sleep, you still can hear everything. So eventually I did fall asleep. I don't know. I don't remember if it was the first movie or the second movie. I don't have a memory if there was another movie that night. So I'm thinking maybe it was the first movie and then I slept through the second one. I don't know. But <laughs> so. Is this going where I think it's going? Um, no. Okay, good. I was like, whoa. We're talking about the movie, not what happened in the car. Uh, Okay. 
Is that, was that where you're trying to go? Well, I'm like, well, you know, she told me to lay down in the car. And- well, yeah, I mean, she basically just me saying I was scared and she's like, whatever, just go to sleep. Right. You know, whatever. So the beginning of the movie, um, the mattress moving scene where they're moving into the house. Right. And you have mm-hmm. the actor that scrapes his hand on the nail and all that blood drips on the floor. And the blood like i haven't seen it in a while but you know what i mean it's like seeps through the floor and then you have the frank character like the monster character that rises up out of the blood that scene i don't know (laughs) it ruined me for years stuff i used to watch and wasn't even scared of like made me like instantly terrified So, so that was the first scene that stuck out for me. And then there was the other scene where he was like that creature, like, you know, cause like, how does it work? Like as they go through the movie, like he gets more and more fleshy and like turns into like a normal yeah. person eventually. Right. After like, I don't remember the exact plot, but then there was also the, the like a dinner table scene where there's like stairs up to the attic and you have him like on the staircase or maybe it was up maybe just the second floor and she was going up the stairs and he like jumped out you know like to confront her about something and just that you know fleshy like you know half man thing you know that you had there i don't know what it was but i mean i was eight so i guess that's what it was (laughs) but uh not great um i don't remember the plot of the movie i remember those two scenes sticking out in my head i also was very creeped out by pinhead but those are the scenes that i remember the most so fast forward to that night and many many other nights going to bed my mom at the time at the time my mom would leave the door open and you know so it would be like you know shut the door but don't shut it all the way you know little kid stuff um and straight across from my bedroom door was the uh was like a hallway closet door and the grain of the wood made like the perfect shape of a person which in my head i like turned into like pinhead and was constantly creeped out by that so it was like i don't want my door shut but i don't want it open either yeah <laughs> so yeah. um my mom eventually hung like this circular like uh, cross stitch thing up like on that door so in my head i was like oh it's a basketball he's playing basketball you know <laughs> i remember like doing that as a kid to like uh then you know eventually you know obviously the bed got moved and you know i forgot about it but yeah that was it was utterly terrifying like there is a disney movie that i used to love as a kid i don't know if you've ever seen it it's a tv movie called mr boogity you ever heard of that? Oh my God. You're dropping Mr. Boogity on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know okay. Mr. Boogity very well. So I used to love Mr. Boogity. After Hellraiser, I watched it again and I was terrified. Yeah. <laughs> and it's such a cheesy movie. And I'm like, I've already seen this. Why am I scared? Yet, as a six or seven year old kid or five year old, whatever <laughs> it is, Mr. Boogity is kind of fucking terrifying. Yeah. I, I watched that not that long ago recently. But, but yeah. So, I mean, for that, I mean, for years and years and years of, you know, just looking behind me and just being creeped out, you know, just, yeah, it really, it really messed me up for a long time. Uh, it was, I mean, I lived in this house and I've only lived in this house for three years when I rewatched it. Mm. So, I mean, 
And I mean, obviously it's, it's not that scary or, or anything, you know, it's, it's the cheesy special effects, 1980s horror movie, but yeah. Two, okay. I wasn't sure if you were talking Mr. Boogity or Hellraiser, well, yeah. but okay. <laughs> I was back to Hellraiser and yeah. So, I mean, so that's the, before you write me off and say, Oh, that, that dude's a wuss, you know, <laughs> put yourself in my shoes in 1987 as an eight year old. And yeah, that, that messed me up a lot. Yeah, no, I didn't see Hellraiser until I was maybe 17, 18, 19, 20 years old. I can't when I remember you were old enough, you know, of the age you should watch a movie like that. Yes. Yeah, it, it, and admittedly I saw a lot a lot of horror films, movies that I probably shouldn't have seen, but Hellraiser, I think I think it I think because hell was in it, um, it was part of the reason I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready for this. I don't know, but I've still never seen any of the sequels. I haven't seen any of the sequels. Oh my God. The, the, the immediate sequel to Hellraiser is really good. Um, Hellbound. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hellbound is really good. Hellraiser is an enjoyable movie, but like I said, I didn't see it until many years later because of, just a um uh an upbringing of uh, being raised in a catholic family and this whole idea of hell my mom was didn't, we, did, we, 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 we didn't really talk we didn't tackle <laughs> that but when it came to like Fred krueger or jason Voorhees, and mike myers i watched all that shit but you started dropping hell as like i didn't see the exorcist until i was like 19 20 years i'm old. sure i was much later when i seen the exorcist too yeah um, I, mean, I know specifically. I didn't see. I didn't see even Star Wars until late teens. Same reason because yeah. of hell or no, no, no just <laughs> because, just because I at the time I was like, eh, I don't really like sci-fi stuff that much. I don't know sure. why I thought that, but I was in a phase of it didn't sound interesting until another random boyfriend was like, no, you have to watch it right now. Right. You know? <laughs> but so, final question, and which you kind of already answered. So you have revisited hellraiser in your adulthood yeah and are you are you okay did you find it therapeutic were you able to move it was was just a movie you know it wasn't anything special the scenes that i vividly remembered as a kid re-watching them i'm like wow that was super short and that was nowhere near what it used to be in my head as as most things are when you're little you know, obviously you remember things much differently everything seemed bigger and you know longer and different and but yeah no it didn't it didn't bother me at all it didn't upset me at all or anything like that i was just like wow that was you know that wasn't that big of a deal but it was just you know said like it was just based on age sure like i also remember being terrified the movie theater for et but i was only three and I didn't know, I don't know anything except for, you know, creepy alien on the screen. It's, I have like one flash of a second memory of that that creeped me out too. But I mean, what was it? Was it his finger? What, what, what was it about ET? I remember blue light coming up in the background. Oh, okay. From like, was it like, like the cars with like the, with the, like the blinds and everything? And I don't remember. I haven't seen ET in forever. So. Maybe not as interesting as what your other guests have said on this episode, but, you know, still something that that traumatized me for several years. No. And (laughs) and there is no better or worse or like all of this. This is kind of like a this is kind of like a uh, like a therapy hour, if you will, just people (laughs) reliving 
some of these moments. I've laid on the couch, I think. Exactly. Like I've got, and on this episode, I've already referenced a couple of different things. At the, well, I was just about to ask. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna have to see this all edited together to find out. But uh, just a few films. Many are completely irrational, but starting off with the the uh, the Jaws Revenge or Jaws Four. Which terrible film, but I don't it, it. <laughs> no, it's and you don't need to see it, but there's a really great conversation that I have. And it all I mean, this is a movie that, for lack of a better term, is another kind of Christmas movie, but we lose somebody within the the Brody family of Jaws. So mm-hmm. if you've ever seen the original uh Jaws movie, it all focuses on the Brody family. Yeah. And Jaws 4 still focuses on the Brody family, but the, the kid brother has a very, very um, gnarly death in the beginning of the movie. And it's all juxtaposed with the with that uh, that Christmas carol, like the was the uh, the Noel song. And I cannot hear. Is it the first Noel? The last Noel? The first Noel? First Noel um, is a Christmas song. Yeah, the first Noel. I can't hear that song to this day. Without seeing that. Without seeing Sean Brody getting like his arm like bit off by the shark and then him pleading <clears throat> and like begging for help and then getting eaten by the shark. Like it's yeah. permanent imprint. I think we um, all have a few moments like that. I mean... I mean, I, I could have just as easily probably said Poltergeist, you know, with the clown under the bed and clown the, under the bed and is one of the the most the popular ones. Yeah. Truck and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But and so with this episode, we're talking about a few of those. And um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to share this with everybody because I think people are going to listen to this and be like, yeah, I totally understand that. I totally can relate to that. And Thank you for sharing your your Hellraiser story in, in the drive. And I am no so relieved that it wasn't that movie ruined me because I heard my mom like making out with a dude that that's not the movie's fault. Well, it's not <laughs> that probably fault. did happen, but I was thinking <laughs> at that point. <laughs> right, right, right. But Hellraiser is a great film. And um, Clive Barker is great. Clive Barker is pretty. Have you seen the great. Midnight Meat Train? No. It's uh, another one of his stories adapted to film a couple years ago. Pretty good. Check that one out. I will. I will. Brad, thank you very much for sharing your story. And uh, and for the listeners, we're going to be hearing Brad again here in the not too distant future. So be on the lookout for that. And uh, you can't escape me. I can't. Thanks. I can't. Say goodbye, Brad. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. Thanks. <laughs> and now joining us, we've got Summer Morrow, who has a an interesting story that she's going to share when it comes to her her horror background. So first off, hello, Summer. How are you? I'm good. Not yeah. bad. It's been a minute, I think, since uh, the last time I, I saw or spoke to you, I imagine. It's been it's been a few years. Hey, you look the same. As do you. As do you. Exact same. Yep. Well, good for us. Good for us, right? Yeah. Basically, it's been an entire lifetime, right? Because I think been close to 20 years, I think. I think it has been 20 years. Yeah. 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 yeah I think it has been 20 years. Right around. Well, no, like maybe right around Christmas will be 20 years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So where are you these days? 
I'm living in the UK. Okay. 40 miles outside Cambridge. Okay. Now what's up with that? That's, that's kind of, uh, you know, pretty far away from the, the last time I saw you. What are you, what are you, what are you doing over there? So my husband is in the Air Force and there's an Air Force base out here. And so we've been here for almost seven years, I think. And uh, yeah, he's about to retire soon. And we've hired an immigration an immigration attorney and everything because we're hoping we can stay here permanently. Do it. Do it. You're not missing much over here. No, no. no. Especially now that I've had Wendy's. Especially now <laughs> that I've had Wendy's. Oh, uh, do explain. So you, you've, you've been longing for Wendy's, huh? Well, yeah. Well, it's because we haven't had it in so long. I haven't been to America in, um, before we were in England, we were in South Korea. So I have not been to America in almost nine years. And so yeah, Mexican food, Wendy's (laughs) cracker barrel. I'm ashamed to say I really miss some of those places. So, uh, yeah, they, I guess Wendy's was here like back in the seventies and eighties and they just decided to bring it back again. Um, and so, yeah, one opened up just outside London. So we took the train there today and had our spicy chicken sandwiches and it was amazing. Was it good? Did did it hold up? It had, well, you know, England has earned their reputation for bland food. And after living here a long time, the spicy chicken was actually a little too spicy, Mm. but yeah, because my uh, taste buds have definitely gotten used to the bland food here. But but there's some really good Indian over there, though. Yes. Indian food is to the UK what Mexican food is to the US. Yeah. Yeah. yeah now, so have you picked up any 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 hobbies while you've lived over there for as long as you have any anything like distinctly British? Um, God, I don't know. Do you drink tea? British. Oh, OK. OK. Well, gin, I have. drinking gin yes very much um tea yeah i i have now had the habit when you know somebody comes over i was like shall i put the kettle on and you know i know the lingo so um if you know like a a maintenance man comes to the house and i was like you know can i get you some tea and he'll say yeah a white white one sugar you know i know exactly what i need to do with that or I picked up on some of the things. Good, good. Well, I'm I'm very, very happy for you and your husband. You, you said he's retiring soon, yeah? He's retiring soon. So what is he retiring as? Uh, E7. E7. Well, congrats to him. Will, I believe. Yes. Well, yes. congratulations, Will. That's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, good luck to you guys on your next, your next adventure, you know, and hopefully, you know, knock on wood that you are uh, able to stay over there. You know, we'll, we'll keep putting up the, like, the good fight on on this side for you but you know we we need our allies overseas so that's that's uh that's what we'll we'll have you doing doing my best job to be a good ambassador for america that's for sure (laughs) okay all right so that was fun we're gonna we're gonna that was a fun little icebreaker but one thing that i've been doing is i just want to know a little bit about our guests right and obviously i know you're married your husband's retiring i know you've got a dog and a couple kids but I've got five burning questions that that we need to get to the bottom of. And are you ready for them? Sure. Okay. Is this a rapid fire thing or it's a rapid fire. It's a rapid fire. All right. Okay. Question number one, pizza or tacos? Pizza. Okay. Alcohol or coffee? Alcohol. Okay. Um, let's see. What's another, what, what are some of the other ones I've been asking people? I've got, actually I've got them kind of listed. 
Uh, iPhone or Android? iPhone. Okay. Let's I'm see. a very firm believer that's a, like a left brain, right brain thing, though. Mm. I don't think one is necessarily that much better. It's just the way your brain thinks and because it's intuitive. And I cannot figure out an Android for the life of me. I just want to throw it against the wall. Yeah, no, I'm I'm kind of like a creature of habit. You know, and I, I think, honestly, I think it goes back to like the journalism school. We had like those, like the, the like those like old school Macs in the, in the school. So I've just always been like on the, like the Mac side. Yeah. So when they rolled out an Apple phone, I'm like, well, that's easy. I'll just do that yeah. because I'm already kind of familiar with it. But right. all right. Question number four, Christmas or Halloween? <sighs> Christmas. <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> that's okay. It's okay. There's no wrong answer. Everybody's just going to silently be judging you. So no worries. <laughs> and your final question I'm going to have to shake it up a little bit. Let's see. Fellowship of the Ring or Return of the King? Return of the King. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. You are, you're off the hot seat. How did you, how do you feel? Do you feel, do you feel stressed? Do you feel okay? I'm feel, I'm still a little stressed about the Christmas Halloween thing because they both <laughs> out there, you know, I right. love them equally for separate things, but mm -hmm. if I had to get rid of one or the other, you know. Okay. All right. So now we're going to move on to something even more stressful and we've been in discussion. And with this particular episode, what I've been doing is I'm, I'm reaching out to people who either a do love scary films or B don't love scary films. And they've been kind of scarred for life uh, because of a horror film. <laughs> and I believe you are of the latter. So I I, I, I'm really, I'm really intrigued to, to, to hear your story. So what, what is said film or said series or character? What is it that that uh, that we're gonna be talking about briefly today? It would be our good friend Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Freddy Krueger from the Freddy the Nightmare on Elm Street yes. uh, series. Can't can't handle him. I can't now, have you ever seen a Nightmare on Elm Street? Any any of them? My brother used to make me watch them. He used to like make me sit in the bedroom with him and watch them. And I have like these really um, fuzzy memories. I think at some point my parents tried to help me with my fear by making me watch the making of one of them because I just, I distinctly remember this like scene with a bunch of people pushing through latex. Okay. Okay. I don't know what scene that's supposed to be from, but it's like these people were trapped in something and they were showing how they were pushing through latex, like some sort of um, like pinkish, yellowish latex mm. and screaming. So I, I don't know what that's about, but I'm pretty sure that was like watching the making of it. It, it did nothing but make it worse. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, I mean, Freddy Krueger, I think he's a little misunderstood. You know, it is an actor, just, you know, Robert England, who apparently is a very, very charming, charming man. The actor himself surely doesn't intimidate you, though, right? His voice, his voice gets. <laughs> Can you, so his voice, even though you haven't seen it since you were a kid, I'm assuming. Right. So can you, like, you can still hear his voice even today? Yes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if the actor, you know, affected a certain voice for the for the role. But um, because to my knowledge, outside of one other incident where he played a different character, but uh, in honor of Freddy Krueger, 
I don't know. I don't know that I've ever heard him. So mm. I remember. So the actor, he used to be on this like sci-fi series way, way back in the eighties. It was called V and he was on that, but every, everything else that I, I can think of without doing like a, a Google search has been. Yeah. in the, like the horror genre. So that's, that's interesting. Now, do you have any, any fun like stories or anything that when you think of Freddy Krueger, it goes back to this and this is, this is just like the source of some of like, you know, like this, this pain and anguish. So <laughs> my brother is the cause of all of it. Um, he's eight years older than me. So I was blessed with not, I, I was, I didn't get beat up by my brother, fortunately, cause he was a little bit too old. So he just psychologically tortured me. Um, <laughs> my parents uh, used to leave him, you know, to babysit me. And I would always be so terrified to be left alone with him because when my parents left, he would pretend that Freddy Krueger was taking over his body. And I remember being like four, five, six, seven, you know, my parents leave and him sitting on his bed and he's like holding his arm and he's like, oh my God, Summer, he's coming. He's, he's possessing me. I can't stop him. He's coming, Summer. You need to run. Hide, hide. And so, you know, I'm this tiny little thing and I would run hide under my bed or in the closet, just terrified for hours. And he would like walk around the house it's really freaking awful. Like he ass Freddy Krueger. <laughs> yes, he would make noises and like <laughs> noises on the walls, like he was scratching the walls. I don't know what he was doing. And we had like this. We grew up in a very old house with like a um, a root cellar, and he would say it's creepy. I mean, to a grown person, let alone to a child. And he told me that Freddy Krueger lived down there. He would come up and watch us while we slept. And so, yes, I am terrified of him. I couldn't even. Um, you know, back in the day, blockbuster, I couldn't even go through like the horror film section. Mm. His face would be on the box and I didn't want to risk seeing it. Yeah. No, that, that's, that's fucking terrifying. Summer. That's <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> now, as you've gotten older, have you been able to get over this fear at all? Have you been able to revisit? I can't remember if I just asked you that or not. How do you revisited the franchise in any capacity? I, I really think that at one point at Dinfo's, you tried to get me to watch it to hope to get over my fear. Mm. I really, I, I remember sitting in that little TV room. Oh yeah. Off. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I vaguely remember watching it and then I was just like, Nope, I'm out of here. I'm, it's not mm -hmm. happening. Mm -hmm. But you had tried. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, these days I can sit here and I can talk to you about it and I can laugh and, intellectually i know it's all bullshit and stuff but if it were put in front of me i just go back to that place and i freak out yeah I, and i can totally get that now do you think like if you were to because you, you you know his voice right if you were to see or well, not necessarily see but if you were to hear him like on another program do you think you'd be like you'd be able to recognize like oh that's 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 the voice of freddie so years ago, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, my husband and I were watching Bones, you know, Bones TV show. I think it was on Fox. Bones. Yeah. That has uh, like Zoe Deschanel's sister, I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 yeah that's it. Um, and we were watching this episode where she went back to her high school reunion and she, you know, because she was an outcast, she went, she would hang out with the janitor at her school. So when she went back for her reunion, she went down to the boiler room 
to visit the janitor and he got out one sentence talking to her and I flipped out. I'm crying. I'm panicking. I'm telling my husband, I'm like, turn it off, turn it off. Oh my God, turn it off, turn it off. And he's like, oh my God, what is the matter with you? And he turned it off. And I was like, that's Freddy Krueger. That's Freddy Krueger. And he's like, it's not summer. It's just, it's not Freddy Krueger. And I was like, yes, it is. Um, I know that voice. I will never forget it. And so we did some Googling and sure enough, it was like the 25th anniversary or something of Nightmare on Elm Street. And they did one of those, you know, promotional things where he starred on the freaking episode to play the janitor in the boiler room. Was that the last episode of Bones that you ever saw? Uh, yes, I think it was. And I had to, delete, I had to delete the episode off of the DVR for fear. He would like come out of the DVR and come get me. Then I don't want to tell you about the movie, the ring where like a character literally comes out of the TV. Yes. Yeah. I've heard about that one. Yeah. You know what I do do sometimes though, is because I'll get curious about some of the horror movies that are super popular. So I'll go Wikipedia, the plot to read. Mm. Happens. I mean, that's a good way to, you know, not necessarily be be scared of it to know like, well, this is what's inevitably going to happen. But yeah. sometimes you read, like I've done that a couple times on like a movie, like I know I'm never going to see, like, I know I'm never going to see the human centipede, not, not going to do oh, it, no. but I had to research and find out, well, what the hell happens in this movie? And there was this other movie called like, what is it? It's called Tusk. And basically it's this movie and he kind of, is tortured and kind of becomes like a human like walrus and it's ridiculous but i'm like i'm never going to see this movie that i mean that just that not doesn't appeal to my uh even my morbid uh tastes but i had to look like what the hell happens in this movie so yeah i don't think there's anything wrong with uh doing a little little spoiler when it comes to things that you're not going to see so Really, really great stuff. Thank you. Thank you for sharing anything, anything else. I mean, this is like I said, just like a little moment just to allow people to. <sighs> My little therapy session here. A little therapy session. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I'm all right. My husband is, uh, he's no good either because he doesn't like scary movies. Mm. And I asked him the other day, just for clarification, like, why exactly do you not like scary movies? He's like, cause they're fucking scary. I don't want to watch that. I mean, that, that is a valid justification. That is a very, very valid justification. I don't get to have like the big husband protecting me. He's just as yeah. scared as I am. So, yeah. Now, if I may kind of like pivot, you you've, you shared your story. Like one of the first times I recall ever being terrified also was a, a Nightmare on Elm Street. It was the second one. It was my, my introduction to this franchise and had a completely different different reaction as a result of being scared shitless. Like I was over at like my next door neighbors, they had rented the movie. They were so much older. I'm like, I'm going to be a big kid. I'm going to watch this movie. Like I bolted like 10 minutes into the movie. I'm like, Nope, mm -mm, I'm done. I'm done. Can't do it. And like later on that weekend, I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I got through it. And then as a result, I just became kind of a big, big like horror film junkie. So it's, it is funny that we were both like terrified of Freddy Krueger, but you had probably a far more sane response, which is like, no, no that, that shit's scary. I have no interest in <laughs> uh, putting myself in that where I'm like, that's terrifying. And I need to conquer that and discover more things that are terrifying. So you're probably, yeah. you're probably right in your approach, but it is interesting that we both share that, that similarity. So thank you 
thank you. This was, this is awesome. What, uh, what's next for you? What, you know, are you just going to watch a nice little, I don't know, the, the, the British Bake Off or, you know, what do you, what do you, what do you like to watch? We just got into Peaky Blinders. Oh yeah. I haven't started yeah. that yet. I know it's been around forever, but I haven't started it yeah. yet. Yeah. Um, my husband, he's been working full-time on his MBA for years and he just finished last week. Um, so there's actually several series that I've been wanting to watch that I've just been holding off waiting on him. Yeah. So Peaky Blinders and a couple others that I can't think of right now, but, um, you really need to try Beforeiners. Beforeiners is really good if you can find it. I think it's on okay. HBO Europe. That's a really cool show. Okay, I'll check that out. You said the Foreigners? Beforeiners. Oh, Beforeiners. Okay. All right. I'm, yeah. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Yeah. Summer, yeah. thank you. I had a great time chatting with you. Yeah, you too. All right. Well, you take care. All right. See you later. All right. Bye. Bye. And now our final, final, final guest of the of the, I don't even know what I'm going to call this, an ensemble? I don't know. We're, we're, right now, I'm just kind of running with the the idea that this is the movies that scarred us. And our final guest is somebody that I know kind of well. And uh, I'll let her introduce herself, but her name is Catherine. I call her wifey. Hello. <laughs> How are you, Catherine? Hi, husband. Yes, I think you should and or do know me quite well. I am your wife. Thank you for having me on. I'm very excited to be a part of this. It's been a minute because I think the last time I was a participant of uh, Stamper Cinema was for what was it like near election, election. time last year? Election, yes. Yeah. So it was literally for the film election. Uh, we watched it. Um, I'm a huge fan of Reese Witherspoon and obviously who cannot not like Matthew Broderick, especially if you grew up in my era when it was uh, Lion King and Simba, like, no, I, I absolutely everything I loved about election and just the debauchery that, that transpired in that movie. Uh, it was, it was very apropos at the time. And I'm thrilled to be back. Thank you for having me. I have supported this podcast through and through. I'm a little jealous because you have found that passion project during uh, COVID. And I just still try to find my, <laughs> my calling as is. So uh, I'm, I'm thrilled and honored to be back on uh, Stamper Cinema. So thank you for having me. Of course. And thank you very much for hopping along. Now, one thing that I've been doing for this episode and maybe a couple others is we're putting our people on the hot seat before we open up. Now, we had already briefed a little bit brief, you know, uh, prior to this discussion that we're going to be talking a little bit about a movie that scarred you. <laughs> but before yes. we get there, before we get there, the audience needs to know a little bit about you. So I've got okay. five hot button questions for you. <laughs> All right. All right. Question number one, alcohol or coffee? Ooh. okay. That's not fair because I literally saw a meme the other day and it was, <laughs> the meme was basically like uh, a coffee. It was like a coffee mug. Right. And it, it said like, this is how I tell time. And it's a coffee mug versus four or 5 p.m. And it's like a 
wine glass. You know, it's like, I can tell time if it's morning because that means I have coffee. And that's how I tell time because afternoon or early evening, because I can have booze. So, um, I don't know that I can actually pick. I, that's just how I tell time. Is that fair? Like, I mean, I know. no, it's not fair. <laughs> you have to, you have to, it's, it's no, a hot button, no. this or that. Let me, let me at this least. This is question number one. We haven't no, even like, I'm this is supposed, this we should quiz. already have done. No. Okay. But as your wife, I think it's adequate to say and call you out that you don't actually consume caffeine. Uh, you don't do coffee and you make fun of me when I make coffee because you think it stinks. And I will say anybody listening to this podcast will say, Hey dude, I love coffee. I love the smell of coffee. I love coffee, ice cream. I love coffee, you know, uh, candy, whatever. Um, so it's not unusual to say, I love coffee and I love booze. You know, it's just coffee and booze. None of that is up for debate. The question is, <laughs> which do you prefer, coffee or alcohol? How about this? I can't pick. I love. You're literally the only person that hasn't committed. <laughs> I, even my mother. Even my mother. <laughs> oh, my God. What did Donna say? What did Donna say? Did she say booze? I feel like your mom would say booze. Well, she did. <laughs> I know she would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. All right. So I know my husband and I know my mother-in-law very well. Um, and I think it's fair for you to know me well enough that I've got to have at least my one half drinking iced coffee that permeates on our coffee table and leaves a stained ring. So 10 minutes morning. later, coffee is the answer. All right. So how about this negligent half drinking coffee in the morning and then copious booze in the evening it's one or the other all right booze okay (laughs) okay question number two iphone or android iphone okay android's trash if i ever try to text a friend who has an android my pictures and my texts never go through like especially in a group chat uh, I think your mom actually has an Android and I've tried to send her photos. And I think our friends, Alyssa and Keith have Androids and we have tried to send them photos or like group text, And it's like message didn't send mm-hmm. message didn't send and mm-hmm. message. And that's so freaking annoying. Uh, I've never had that issue for those who are iPhone users. So maybe I'm biased since I am a phone iPhone user, but yeah, no, every time I've been in a group chat with friends who have an Android, it's trash. Total trash. Yeah. No, I'm has I'm that with happened you. to you? Uh yeah, all the time. I'm on a a soccer text group with uh with with my buddy John. The listeners know John. We we hear from him John often. Bo. Johnny Bones, Row. Yeah. And we've got a few other friends. And one of them, maybe two, are Android users. And because of that, my messages always get kicked back and I have to send it like you two get or like three that times. annoying like red exclamation point, right? Yeah, like message did not send. It's worse. It's no, worse. it's trash. It's trash. Question number three: Christmas or Halloween? I am going to say Christmas. Okay. Question number I'm four. Say, oh, I have some reasoning behind it. Am I not allowed to like, oh, let, am let, I just supposed to, oh, is it just supposed to be like quick answers? That's that's what it's, that's 
I, th- I thought I made that clear. I thought I did. All right. Sorry. Okay. So Christmas done. <laughs> but I've got reasoning behind it. If you want to know. Okay. Well then let's hear your reasoning. No, I'm, I'm fine. No, no, no. You, you really want to get it out. So <laughs> what do. is your reasoning? I do. I just, all right. So my rationale is that the magic of Christmas to me and seeing it in our daughter's eyes is so glorious. And I love it. She's going to see Santa. She talks about Santa year round. Uh, but she is so freaking thrilled to see herself in the Halloween aspect. Like she's going to be Corella DeVille this year. She talks about Halloween. She loves watching Halloween movies. Um, but to me, I feel like despite all of the, the Halloween decor, there's something a little bit more magical behind the Christmas aspect, going to get a tree, decorating the tree, reliving the memories of the ornaments and putting up the, uh, stockings and getting presents for people and, and really like enjoying the giving aspect of everything. So I do enjoy Halloween. I'm a bit of a weenie when it comes to scary movies, but me seeing our daughter love Halloween this year is very rewarding, but I will still say Christmas. Okay. All right. Question number four. The Burbs or Ace Ventura 2 when nature calls? <laughs> Andrew, you're the worst. Um, at this point, I've seen the Burbs more in my life and I appreciate it because it is a non-sequel movie. It is a standalone film. So I'll say the burbs, Um, but never, ever, ever underestimate my adoration for Ace Ventura when nature calls. I know that one was, that one was unfair. The real question number four is Jaws or Jurassic Park. Mm, Jurassic Park. Okay. And lastly, this is a question I've been asking everybody, you know, no justification, no explanation, Mm -hmm. just initial without even thinking pizza or tacos go tacos okay there you go so there you go we we finally got through it we we got it we got through it five questions 10 minutes later we got it (laughs) we got it all right so the audience knows a little bit about you and your neuroses on how you process so i think the film that we're about to speak might make a lot of sense to people So, Catherine, as you know, the whole theme of this episode are the movies that scarred us. They don't necessarily have to be a terrifying film. In many cases, they haven't been. A lot of people that reached out for feedback received a lot of comments. Tons of people wanted to talk about the wolf from (laughs) uh, the never-ending story, right? Not a terrifying film, but that's, I mean, that's a terrible moment from the film. I, I've talked about other movies. I mean, my mother brought up films from my childhood that scarred me, i.e. Winnie the Pooh or Something Wicked <laughs> This Way Comes. I Those that know me also talk about the movie The Lady in White, and these are kind of like childhood films. So I think the movie that you've got in discussion kind of rides that theme. So which film did you want to talk about with us? 
it's kind of embarrassing uh, because it's technically a Disney movie. It's a 1980s Disney movie, however. So if anybody who's been around to see like Lost on Witch Mountain or, you know, uh, God, what are some of the other 80s movies films? There are some really questionable 80s movies from Disney that like, uh, what was that movie, Andrew, that you liked? It was um, the kid who like was gone for five years and w- didn't know it was the, with the, the border collies oh, and the yeah, frisbee. Yeah, yeah. Um, Flight of the Navigator. Flight of the Navigator. That was a Disney movie, right? Yes. In the 80s, they just like were doing coke or something and thought that that PG and G and PG 13 like ratings were out the window, right? So in 1985, uh, they released a film called Return to Oz. And obviously, if you've been living under a rock and never heard Wizard of Oz, then you won't understand what's happening. But I'm pretty sure everybody who will listen tonight understands the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> this film was called Return to Oz, and it take pla- takes place in uh, like in the late 1800s, early 1900s, about six months after Dorothy returns, literally from Oz. And it follows her sort of adjustment back on the farm um, without anybody understanding what happened in Oz. This little girl took an adventure of a lifetime and nobody back in uh, Kansas understands what her plight was, right? So she's going through with, she lives in the farm. Oh, I love it because in the beginning of this film, they show the house that has been destructed by the the, the tornado. tornado, right? And they're working to uh, rehab this tornado-ridden farm. And... Dorothy is not able to sleep. She's having nightmares. She can't cope with the daily life of what's going on. Auntie M is very concerned about her and tries to give her tasks in the farm. And so she goes to like tend to the chicken coop and finds this random key in the chicken coop. And in the key, there's like an insignia of OZ, the Oz. She tries to run to go to Auntie M and says, hey, I found this key from Oz. And Auntie M is like, girl, you've lost your dang mind. And she's at her wit's end. She has a conversation with Uncle Henry. They're going to take her to this sleep study health place and essentially it's a like electroshock therapy place in the early 1800s, sorry, early 1900s. It's like an electroshock therapy place because basically they don't believe that she went to Oz. They think she just lost her mind. And so while she's there, she realizes that this place is no bueno, right? So she, she is sitting there in the exam room waiting for them to wheel her into the electroshock therapy and is like, nope, I'm not going to do this. 
And suddenly there's this little girl who is like, I'm going to help you. You've got to come with me. And so she tries to run away. Right. And in the process, I guess there was a lightning storm and the lights go out and they're trying to run down these halls with no lights. And the nurse who is quite terrifying follows them. And so they're running through this thunderstorm into the river and Dorothy runs into a like broken chicken coop into the river, floats along, falls asleep, and suddenly lands into the land of Oz. And Oz is not what it used to be. The yellow brick road is forgotten. It's broken. It's decapitated, not decapitated. What is it? Um, de- dilapidated, dilapidated. And I like the idea of it walking- being decapitated too, though. Decapitated basically. Yeah. Uh, well, well save decapitated for later, Andrew, because that's uh, another, uh, that's a natural segue. Issue. Yeah, it is a natural segue. <laughs> Just wait for decapitated because, uh, Dorothy quickly finds that when she goes into the land of Oz or the Emerald city, that, None of the humans are alive. The munchkins are gone. All of the humans have been turned to stone. And she's trying to find her old friends. She gets there and discovers that they're all gone. They're all frozen, not frozen. They're, um, yeah, they're frozen in time, turned to stone. She finds this little man named TikTok. And uh, she, she also finds out that one of the chickens from her chicken coop came along with her. And her name is Belinda, and this chicken can now talk. <laughs> I feel like I'm on an acid trip when I'm telling you this story. But she's along the ride for with Belinda, and she suddenly runs into these characters called the Wheelers. The Wheelers are humans on all fours, but instead of hands and feet, they have rollerblades. Yeah, rollerblades. They're Wheelers. And they are fucking scary. And you can hear the wheels. You get, they're squeaky and they're wheely and they're just, they're bad. They're evil people. They're no good. They're freaking creepy. They follow her into this like cavern. And that's where she discovers the aforementioned TikTok, which is just this big oafish um, copper. Wilford Brimley clock. He looks like Wilford Brimley, he does. And he has like five different dials. And one dial is for thought, one dial is for emotion, one dial is for, it's like, dude, why could there have not been just one dial? But that comes in later. Not very practical. No, it's not very practical, but he apparently is like the military of Oz, right? Um, And so Dorothy, who is portrayed, uh, portrayed by... I can never say her name right. What is it? Feruza Balk. Feruza Balk. I know that she was later an actress in uh, American History X, which and has the craft. a and the craft, which are very dark movies. And this was a very dark movie as a kid movie. So she just like took a very dark take on life. But anyway, she winds up TikTok. Not to be confused with the new platform TikTok. He like was a clock. Anyway, long story short. Belinda, TikTok, and her go on an adventure trying to find the Scarecrow and the Tin Man. Along the way, they find out that there is a queen 
who has been jealous of what happened in Oz and she turned everybody to stone. In the, along the way, she decapitated, this is why I said, hold on to the decapitation. She decapitated women along the way, right? Her name is, oh no, Princess Mumby. Is it Princess Mumby? And while she's in this castle, Dorothy decides to go to this castle. Uh, she decides to go to this castle and talk to Princess Mumby to try and find the scarecrow and the tin man. This is what fucked me up for life is that this woman, this princess Mumby seems so maternal at first. She's like, come with me, Dorothy. I will show you. I'm tired. Let's go sit down. She was playing like a ukulele. She walks Dorothy into this room and it is a department store. <laughs> of women's heads literally just heads it is wall-to-wall women's heads if you were to walk into an extravagant department store closet whatever with gorgeous lighting lovely whatever and you had heads of all shapes colors hair colors eye colors makeup whatever this is Princess Mumby's closet of choice. This is her dress up. Her whole thing is literally twisting her head off and putting it back in, you know, showcase number 37, showcase number 35. She wears a little key around her wrist to get those heads out of all of the, um, you know, places. So... Dorothy catches on to this. Uh, she was put into like imprisonment because of this princess or queen, Queen Mumby, Princess Mumby, whatever. And she meets a couple of friends and she realizes she can escape with all of the tools that she has, right? Um, but along the way, she tries to like take the key from the princess, open up a key, and there's this main head. It's y'all, it's devastating. It's terrifying. It's awful. And there's this one moment where she opens up a, a glass door to steal something where a head is. The head wakes up and she's like, Dorothy girl. And then all of a sudden there's this like body without a head running down the hallway. And she's just like flailing her arms. It's fucking terrifying. How old were you when you saw it? I was probably five. What was the origin? Did your had your parents like scouted this film out at all, or they just rented it because it was seemingly a sequel to The Wizard of Oz? You know what I think it is, Andrew. Is so you know how Disney has like their vault, yeah. like mm -hmm. back in the day there was the Disney Vault, and my favorite movie was The Little Mermaid, and up until I was in my. 20s plus I never got the little mermaid because it was always in the vault and so I think innocently my parents saw this movie um, and thought oh my god it's it's Oz it's something has to do with Oz we don't have the Wizard of Oz let's buy our kids this return to Oz film and 
it was a huge mistake. Um, <laughs> I don't know if there's anybody who ever had the Paw Patrol. Like, um, okay, so this is a memory I have with my brother. It was a Paw Patrol, which were these little dogs. Pound Patrol. No, they were called Pound Patrols. And these dogs, they were the stuffed dogs. And you could like make their eyebrows up or down to make them happy or angry or their mouths to be up or angry. And all I remember as a kid was that my brother and I would be like, hey, let's watch Return to Oz. And we would like put pillows and blankets around in our living room and we grabbed these Pound Patrol dogs. And my brother, who's four years older than me, um, would would move the angry or happy dog faces on these like stuffed dogs based off of what was happening in this film. And I'm telling you, it was almost 90% angry because this movie is fucking terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I guess my parents just were out of touch and didn't understand that they were buying us this terrifying film. And they were hoping that anything related to Oz or Wizard of Oz, Return to Oz would be positive, exciting. Because, you know, Andrew, you grew up every what, like Thanksgiving was Wizard of Oz. Like sure. you would watch Wizard of Oz. And same thing, I used to watch um, Willow as a kid. Every Christmas time, Willow would be on repeat around Christmas time. So like, yeah, I guess my parents just thought they were buying wizard of Oz and they were so wrong <laughs> <laughs> now. Okay. So obviously it was a movie that scared you. Uh, obviously the wheelers, the element of Dorothy going back to Oz and everything being different. And then of course, Prince's mommy's head collection. Oh my God. Like how terrifying. Yeah. As you've gotten older, it still it still created that lasting effect on you. It still it still has you scarred, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> I actually have an inside joke with my family where we'll just go like, okay. Growing up, my family we like take bike rides, right? And and uh, when we ride our bikes, we'd be like dun 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 because like you know the like witch from Wizard of Oz is riding that bike, and they have that music. But there's this even more demented family inside joke that we have where somebody will go, Dorothy girl, <laughs> because that is what Princess Mumby would do without her freaking head on. She, okay, the whole premise behind that was that Dorothy stole the key off of her wrist, found the right uh, ingredient that she needed from the door in these heads and the body found out that she was, you know, going through the heads. Sounds so weird. Um, but the body woke up and was like, Dorothy Gale and all the heads in this quote department store have heads. They're all like, ah! so you like have this stress of a headless body coming after her. And then all these heads that are like, you know, it's just, it's so disturbing. It's so wrong. It's not child friendly. <laughs> it's not okay. It's really interesting because I had never seen that film until recently. And what's fascinating about the movie is the movie technically, technically is a sequel to The Wizard of Oz. 
but it's not. And it's not because there's no music in the film. It's not a musical at all. Obviously, the film was made roughly 50 years later or 40 some odd years later. Dorothy has now dropped back in age, you know, in The Wizard of Oz, she was like 16 and Return to Oz, she's like 11. (laughs) That's true. That is true. Yeah, I don't understand that. Yeah, the characters are entirely different looking, but... I did some research and come to find out that within the novels, Dorothy Gale, although her age isn't seemingly established, her character really is around 11 years old. So the the filmmaker that did it, who has quite, quite an impressive resume, decided to do like, all right, I'm going to do a sequel to The Wizard of Oz, but I'm going to base it really more on the books. And technically, it's it's a sequel to the film but it has nothing to do with the film thematically at all, right? I mean, we don't call him the Tin Man, we call him the Tin Woodsman, right? The the Scarecrow doesn't look anything like the Scarecrow, but if you look at the illustrations from the books, he looks pretty accurate to what the Scarecrow is supposed to look within the the story. So none of, I mean, if anything, that to me is the most horrific thing is we have a filmmaker that like sold this idea. I'm going to do a sequel to the wizard of Oz, but it ain't going to be a sequel. It's going to be a sequel in name only. And I'm going to crush the, the hopes and dreams of an entire generation that are going to watch this film. (laughs) And I think he succeeded rather gracefully. No, it's a terrifying movie. I was actually telling some coworkers about this movie and all they could say was like, are you on an acid trip? Was he on an acid? I'm like, no, there's a woman without a head. There's like, you know, wheelers with like, there's, there's people with like wheels for hands and feet. No, it's, it's truly disturbing. Um, And we've talked about how like, Okay, Stephen King was obviously on a coke, you know, or whatever drug uh, trip for when he was writing whatever X, Y, and Z. But or like maximum it, overdrive, right? Right. <laughs> You've got um, Yardley Smith in it and all of that. Neil yeah. No, um, yeah. Jean Carlo <laughs> right. Esposito. Yeah. Oh my gosh! But the movie's so good. But the music is like, bam, bam, bam. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. I can't stand the music soundtrack. Um, but. You're right. Uh, I remember growing up, my mom reading me The Wizard of Oz, the book, and she would like show me pictures. And I'm like, that's not the movie. Mm. That's not those pictures aren't what the movie looks like. And of course, the 1929, 30s, whatever, 39 version is allotted as a true celebration of us cinema like it, it it's it's a classic it's it's cinema perfection for its time right right but it's also not accurate to the novel mm-hmm. and what you just touched on andrew was that the director producer whatever of return to oz tried to follow Frank Baum's um, novelization. Yep. Frank Baum's novelization. And it was a 
disturbing <laughs> representation. But honestly, that was truer to Frank Baum's ideation. Right. And the the cruel, cruel reality is that's not necessarily what the audience wanted. It might have been, you know, nope. like it might have been something that he had a specific vision, but that movie had, I believe, I believe it had like a $25 million budget. And the film made like 10 or $11 million like in the box office. It was like a monumental like failure from box office, like, like uh, receipts and everything. So the movie did not, did not do well. And I never saw it as a kid. I knew about this movie. And I don't know if it was because, you know, I'm like, I don't want to watch a sequel to the wizard of Oz or, if when it came out and I saw Feruza Balk, I'm like, that's not Dorothy. That's, that's, that's a kid, whatever, whatever my justification was at the time, like even at six, seven years old, I'm like, no, fuck this movie. This isn't, this, this doesn't appeal to my, my sensibilities. That being said, I've had a lot of time to reflect on this movie. A lot of time since I watched it really from credit to credit not but two, three, four weeks ago or whatever. And no lie, I kind of like this movie. I kind of <laughs> like it. I kind of <laughs> like it. Because what we also didn't touch on is the like rock king. Right. You mm-hmm. know, like the dude, and he had like the the um, ruby slippers in his. <laughs> he was um, wearing ruby slippers. Was, like there hey. was like this rock thing that was wearing ruby slippers, and their their directive was that you had um, what was it like a moose head? Right. I'm not right. kidding, y'all. A yeah. moose head. You had a moose head. You had um, the the pumpkin head. Yeah, Jack the pumpkin head. Right. Mm-hmm. You had. Dorothy, Belinda, the chicken. Right, which and is then, the kind of the uh, the Achilles heel to that rock king. That's the his one weakness. Which is so bizarre. So stupid. So stupid. Yeah, it but, is. So spoiler alert for anybody who is actually willing to watch this movie. I mentioned that Dorothy arrived back to Oz with her chicken from her chicken coop. And now this chicken talks and her name is Belinda. And throughout the film, they kind of tease like, oh, she's here and she's here with a chicken. Um, Only to find out that that was the kryptonite to the evil. um, Rock King. Rock King. Gnome King. He's the Gnome King. King. Yeah, he's the Gnome King. So apparently chickens are... um, outlawed in Oz and chickens are not allowed to be there. And she brought this chicken and all of a sudden this chicken got so scared that she laid an egg and the gnome King died because she essentially what it really came down to is she got so scared. She, I mean, it's an egg, but she shot herself. But she laid an egg. So ridiculous. Uh, so anyway, the gnome king died because she laid an egg in his mouth as he was trying to eat the um, pumpkin king because the chicken was hiding in the pumpkin. It's so y'all have got to see it. It's you ridiculous. Have to see it. Yeah. So yeah, 
I, I get it. I totally get it. Thank you for obviously sharing that story. Thank you for sharing that film because I had never seen this movie and it does go back to that, this whole idea of there are plenty of movies from our childhoods that, and granted, I don't even think this movie is just even just inherently like for your childhood. I mean, this movie is pretty fucking weird and kind of terrifying, but like I was thinking, cause you had just mentioned Disney movies in the eighties and there were a slew of them. Just movies in general for kids in the eighties were kind of terrifying. Obviously you have this, I've mentioned the movie lady in the white, which has like one of the scariest songs that that I'll, was a Disney movie. Well, no, it's just, it's just another eighties oh. movie, but another Disney film was a movie called the watcher in the woods, which had Betty Davis and Betty Davis has no business being in a childhood film. Not with absolutely her, I mean, none. Her, her voice and her eyes, although beautiful eyes are fucking terrifying. The movie's so scary. They're not going to put it on Disney plus same thing with like, <laughs> um, something wicked this way comes not going to be on Disney plus. Those are both Disney Return films. to something mountain, Richard, which mountain that might be on Disney plus. It might you think be. So I but, haven't seen it. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, but I'm not going to look it up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just those movies that, that are, that are terrifying. And so thank you for, for sharing that story. And, um, this has been a fun little chat and, um, I'm going to ask you to say goodbye to everybody. And then after you do that, I'm going to thank, everybody for sharing their stories. Thank you so much for letting me share my story. Was it therapeutic for you being able to get it off your chest? No, now I feel like I have to like look at pictures on Google and make myself acquainted and realize it's still fake. Maybe I have to go find my brother's like Paw Patrol, um, Paw Patrol (laughs) things to like make sure that I have to have these stuffed dogs to make sure I'm safe. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, Catherine, thank you. Thank you very much. I had a fun time revisiting this film again. Thank you. Because I, again, I had, I keep saying again, I had never seen this movie from credit to credit. And when you said this is a movie that messed you up, like, well, shit, then let me see what this is all about. And I, I watched it and I was like, my initial reaction is like, this is fucking weird. And there were so (laughs) many things that didn't quite add up. And then the next day, as I was like driving and like just sitting in my car and thinking about the movie and like marinating on it, like I hit that, 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 like kind of that wall where I'm like, yeah, it's fucking weird, but you know what? It's actually kind of genius in many, many ways. And, uh, it only would have come out in the eighties. I mean, whether, whether this film, whether the never ending story, whether watcher in the woods, whether something wicked this way comes all of these films tap into something really, really specific about this whole idea of like being like this idea of the unknown among kids. I mean, they all have that same kind of thematic elements to it. And so maybe there's something to be said about that. Maybe there's a way to analyze that and dissect that further. Not going to do it tonight. Not going to do it on this episode, but I don't know. Maybe there, maybe there is an episode of fucking terrifying kid films from the eighties and to why, what was going on within that time. I don't know if it had to do with the end of the cold war. I don't know if it had to do with, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know, but now I want to dissect that. So thank you for sharing. Now it just like opened up this 
Pandora's box of something I want to explore. So thank you. Absolutely, Hutton. All right. And to everybody else who contributed for this episode. So mom, thank you, mom. Adam Bogues. Oh God. Uh, thank you very much for sharing that Jaws to Revenge. I thought I was literally the only person in the entire world that was terrified of, of that shark and specifically had that same moment of being terrified when poor Sean Brody got his arm chopped off whilst the fact that the first Noel was playing in the background. So thank you for sharing that story. Uh, Brad, dude, man, Anytime Brad comes on his clutch and the fact that he was uh, willing to share a story about Hellraiser, which was a film that I wouldn't watch as a kid just because of like the box, like the, the like the, the cover on the VHS wouldn't wouldn't even touch that film at all. Uh, who else did I have? Summer, thank you very much for for sharing your story on Freddy Krueger. And of course, Catherine, let's see. So one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. And Catherine, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. And uh, thank you for introducing me to Return to Oz. This has been a good time. The only way I can close it out is by letting everybody listen to a song that terrified me as a child. Yeah, you're welcome. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next time. Something very strange and mystic happened to me. Something realistic and as weird as can be Something that I feared somehow is now endeared to me What a funny feeling, odd and yet so true Did a thing like this ever happen to you? Did you ever see a dream walking? Well, I did Did you ever hear a dream talking? Well, I did Did you ever have a dream thrill you with will you be mine? Oh, it's so grand and it's too